0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the Water Garden Wizard, Guru of Goldfish, King of Koi, Lord of Lilies. Maven of of Clarity, Aquatic Aficionado, the one and only Prince of Ponds.
1: Hello, this is Ken Jones. Welcome to our podcast radio show number six, what I like to call our pond cast, a production of the new Ornamental Water Feature Academy. I am the Prince of Ponds. Come join us down at the pool because court is now in session. Today we're going to solve your algae problems. It's all about the green stuff. Before we launch into that slimy subject though, I have a couple of announcements. I have just completed doing an interview on another podcast show called Aquarimax. Aquarium is hosted by a charming couple, Russ and Kelly, with a real commitment to helping others with aquariums. It's no secret that many people with aquariums love ponds, too. So Russ and Kelly asked me to pay their show a visit and provide 10 tips for the new pond builder. I invite you to check out their show. You can find Aquarium at iTunes and through links on my website at princeofponds.com. Also, I invite you to listen in on my new podcast, Pet Tech. Pet Tech is available for your listening pleasure at PetLifeRadio.com. Pet parents who listen to Pet Tech also get to win free pet merchandise. It's fun and easy. Be sure to join in. On an upcoming show, we're going to do something special. Tiki Bryan will be joining us to play some tropical music perfect for listening to near our water gardens. Tiki Brian has his own music show, and he's going to teach us about the tiki pop culture of the 50s and 60s. It'll be a lot of fun not to be missed by any pond owner. So tell your friends to start listening to Prince of Ponds. So I'm getting it all together for you. Exotic music, free prizes, great information, fun guests. Where else can you find all of this? I am thrilled to be able to bring you this show to have fun while answering your most pressing questions. Send them to me by email at ken at and I'll answer back by email and may use your question on the show. As with many of my prior podcasts, there are wonderful photos and additional information available for you on the episode show notes page on our website. Articles on related topics can also be found in our website library. Visit com. Or princeofponds.com. Both addresses take you to the same place where the Prince of Ponds podcast lives. Prince of Ponds will be right back after these messages.
0: Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the at these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, we I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to healthcare written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, the you can trust. Go to angieslist.com forward slash best and get 25% off any subscription. That's angieslist.com forward slash best. B E S T. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Yanong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week on demand. Only on petliferadio.com.
1: Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com. And now our feature topic, algae. The number one complaint of pond owners is too much algae. I can't see my fish. The most important request, water clarity. So how do pond owners achieve water clarity in their ponds? I have provided hundreds of consultations to pond owners for the purpose of answering that question. It helps to understand what algae is and what promotes its growth. I think a good starting place is to acknowledge that algae is a very old, very primitive, and very successful plant of sorts. Algae has been found in the fossil record back over 3 billion years. It was the predecessor to modern day plants. Algae has been around on Earth much longer than most other living things with which we are familiar. So it knows how to adapt and survive. We do not know how many species of algae exist in the world today, but it's between tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of species. They range in size from unicellular microscopic forms like plankton to huge multicellular kelp that grow to 65 meters in length that live in the ocean. Algae is found everywhere on Earth. They are photosynthetic like plants, requiring light to manufacture their life-sustaining energy. They are considered simple because they lack the organized distinct organs found in land plants. Algae spreads primarily by waterborne or airborne spores. The largest and most complex marine forms are called seaweeds. Among the smallest forms are diatoms. Diatoms are algae cells with a silica shell. Diatomaceous earth, commonly used as a filter media, consists of these silica shells from algae. It is important to realize that algae is a good thing. Algae is healthy, natural, and it won't hurt fish in moderation. It is a primitive aquatic plant and for the sake of our discussion takes three basic forms single-celled planktonic, communal benthic, and the stringy filamentous form. In the presence of sunlight, all three forms take up carbon dioxide and give off oxygen. They also consume organic waste products and even man-made pollutants, and so can be said to purify the water. However, too much algae is a real nuisance to the pond owner, and if things go wrong, the algae die-offs and and algae large die-offs occur, then the water can go toxic very quickly And bad odors and dead fish are likely. In freshwater ponds, algae is observed first as a green coloration to the water. In a matter of days, this coloration, this is in new pond water, this coloration can become opaque and intensely green. This process can pass quickly, but often it lingers and gets worse. With time, it thickens the water and it can have the consistency of pea soup. Highly undesirable. This extreme condition can last months or even years. However, most often the green opaqueness of the water clears significantly as clumps of a different form of algae appear in the bottom and shallows near the shoreline. This form of algae is called benthic algae. Now benthic algae is usually a gray, green, and brown in color. During the day, the clumps of benthic algae rise up from the bottom to the surface of the water lifted by the bubbles of oxygen they are generating. At night, the photosynthesis stops and the algae settles back down to the bottom. With the passing of more time, a third form of algae will be seen, a filamentous form, often called hair algae. Hair algae will grow most vigorously anywhere in a current of water, such as a stream or waterfall or near circulation jets. As filamentous algae gets established, water will clear further, and it may become crystal clear. During this stage, benthic algae will dramatically reduce or disappear completely. What is happening here is that the most primitive form of algae, single-celled, free-floating planktonic algae, gets established first in the new environment. Over time, the cells tend to colonize and form clumps of benthic algae. And with more time, the cells form chains, creating filamentous algae forms. There is a progression from the most simple to the more organized and advanced forms. The higher forms of algae compete with the lower forms of algae for nutrients and sunlight and will eventually dominate in that environment. This progression towards water clarity is often called natural balance. Ponds that are many years old have usually reached this balanced state and sport clear water. However, it must be said that this description is oversimplified and along the way many things can intervene to thwart the process. For instance, we have yet to discuss the part played by water temperature, water plants, the invertebrate community, water changes, circulation, filtration, and silt runoff. Approaches. So we have natural processes that with time and beneficial variables in place will tend to produce at least partially clear water in a pond. There are two approaches that enhance this process based upon our willingness to be patient and to moderate our expectations. We can tinker with these parameters, which I will describe shortly, nurture a natural balance and accept less than crystal clear water as natural and desirable. Or we can apply technology to exert some control over algae and ensure dependable water clarity. Now some people want their ponds to look like swimming pools which, of course, are treated with chemicals incompatible with living ponds. After all, one thing is sure. Just as a pond can come into balance, in time it will surely go out of balance again. Balance is not a permanent state, but rather a process of making corrections between undesirable states of excess. And it would be just my luck that my pond would go out of balance and turn green on that shindig-of-a-year garden party weekend I have planned. Now, fish don't mind green water. They seem to thrive in it. But most people find water clarity with the absence of algae highly desirable. Now, I appreciate nature's way of doing things, and I rather enjoy tinkering with various natural parameters to nudge nature's balance this way and that. But I also love crystal clear water. I find it more refreshing and enjoyable to look at and to be in. I value being able to see my fish in all their colorful glory, and to watch other forms of aquatic life through the lens of clear water. In my professional life, i found that most people will do almost anything in order to get rid of excessive algae and to be able to enjoy crystal clear water in their water gardens. So, what are my options in promoting a natural balance? If I want complete control over algae, how do I do it? Well, when we return, we'll delve into the answers to these questions. Prince of Ponds will be right back after these messages.
0: Every pet is unique. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on pawsome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com
1: I want to speak a moment with you about one of our affiliates and supporter of this show, Audible Books. If you are listening to Prince of Ponds on a smartphone, iPad, iPod, or even a computer, then you have discovered the rich resource that is the podcast. There is another wonderful resource available to you thanks to this digital technology. If you are not partaking in it, you are truly missing out. That is Digital Audiobooks. Now, you can listen to your favorite books anytime, at home, in the car, or when exercising. It's a great way to get caught up on your reading without having to take the time to actually sit and read. Audible has a huge collection of over 100,000 of the latest books and the classics for you to enjoy. For listeners of the Prince Upon podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 14-day free trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I personally recommend the new book, Steve Jobs, by Walter Isaacson. You know, I've been a lifelong user of Apple computers, and I spent an afternoon with Steve and his family at their home. You will hear all about it in an upcoming episode of Prince of Ponds. And you can learn all about the incredible life of Steve Jobs in Isaacson's new audiobook. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash princeofponds. Again, that's Trial. A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash Prince of Ponds for your free audiobook. Welcome, Welcome to, to Pet, to Pet Tech. Tech. The podcast show about new technologies to help us care for our pets. I am your host, am your host. Ken Jones. Ken Jones. Ken Jones. Welcome to the show that helps you apply today's technology to make the care of your pets easier, safer, and more fun. I am the Pet Tech Guy, and this is the program where we talk about electronic tracking devices, high-tech nutrition, aquarium gear, filter systems, heating, lighting, computer controls, and much, much more. The new Pet Tech Show is available as a free podcast from PetLifeRadio.com, beginning in February of 2012. It is created as one of the new media production services of Ken Jones. Sponsorships are available. Enjoy Pet Tech. Let's talk pets. Let's
0: talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
1: Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet we Welcome back to the Prince of Ponds. So, what is our target? What are we trying to achieve? Let's clearly state our target. The ideal pond condition is one where the water is clear and there's a short mossy carpet on the pond walls and floor beneath the water surface. Now why accept a short mossy carpet on underwater surfaces? Well first, it is beneficial. Algae in moderation enhances water quality. It also supports the microenvironment made up of both microscopic and macroscopic plants and animals that also play a role in a healthy natural environment, including in particular the beneficial nutrifying bacteria essential to a successful pond. Fish feed upon the algae and the small crustaceans and the like that live in that algae forest. Second, it is almost unavoidable. To completely eradicate filamentous algae is a fool's errand. It would require too much manual labor or dangerous chemicals and third well it looks fine filamentous algae can be easily groomed with an occasional brushing to maintain it at an attractive short mossy carpet beneath the water so how do i promote this natural balance ponds do tend to balance out however how long it takes for a particular pond to balance can vary greatly We don't want to be left waiting months or years. So how can we speed up the process? Well, there are a few things we can do. Number one, the addition of water plants can speed up the balancing process. By providing decorative water plants, we can improve the appearance of the pond while hastening the day when we will have clear water. Decorative water plants provide some shade to the water, thereby reducing the amount of sunlight available to the algae. Water plants also compete with the algae for nutrients. As seen with the progression of algae forms, higher plant forms also tend to dominate over the lower ones. Therefore, a pond full of submerged aquatic grasses and water lilies, for instance, will be clear of algae most of the time. However, it must be taken into consideration that many decorative water plants are not compatible with koi. Koi fish are known to eat some plants and tear up others. Finding the right plants may require some effort. To have a significant effect on water clarity, it is recommended that about two-thirds of the pond water be occupied by plants. Now That doesn't mean blanketed, but occupied, and that's substantial. Number two, a gradual but continuous addition of new clear water to the pond, producing slow and constant water changes, can also speed up the pond towards balance. Here we are diluting the algae population and keeping the water content of plant nutrients such as nitrogen low. If your source is city tap water, then provisions for removing the chemicals they have added must be provided, for city water is likely to be toxic to your fish. Pre-treatment of the new water with vigorous aeration and or carbon filtration may be required. Number three, shade. Naturally, shade trees around the pond are, are a help in reducing or eliminating algae. However, they are often more trouble than help. Leaf drop from trees can produce a major maintenance chore. They have to be removed so as not to decay in the water. And roots from the trees will actually seek out moisture they sense coming from water features. Over time, tree roots can exert great pressure on water feature structures, cracking and or penetrating them, causing leaks. So if trees are not a good answer, where else can we get shade? Well, an arbor gazebo or similar decorative structure can be erected over a pond that's not too big or alongside a pond that is larger. Placed on the side from which comes the dominant direction of the sunlight, it could make a real difference. Consider also erecting a shade cloth suspended on poles as a temporary provider of shade during the hottest time of the year, maybe only during the first season while the pond is maturing and the water is balancing out. Number four, algicidal chemical treatment can often some help, but it is more difficult than you might think. The following comments pertain not to sterile water displays but to natural ponds. All chemical algicides are toxins and can interfere with the natural biological community that promotes a natural balance of the water. Algicides should be used carefully and conservatively. Algae, being primitive and adaptive, will over time become resistant to one kind of algicide, requiring larger and larger doses to obtain the same effect and necessitating switching to a different chemical family of algicides. Generally speaking, the use of chemical treatment of algae is a stopgap measure and not a permanent solution. One type of algicide I have found to be particularly effective in treating localized area of excessive hair algae or benthic algae is by using a pelletized form of a copper-based algicide in a large pond or lake. Such algae will be found along the shoreline, and by rotating the treatment of different sections of that shoreline, I've eliminated the algae and enhanced water clarity, while using levels of algicide to be harmless to the overall body of water. I've achieved similar results by using a granular form of potassium permanganate in a similar way. Number five, bacterial or enzyme supplements for ponds may offer some help. Their use may be a harmless waste of time and money, or they may be just what is needed. In my opinion, the jury is still out on these products. The problem is is that there's no practical way to know what specific bacteria or enzyme your pond water may be lacking, and therefore what product you may need to supplement. Nature usually provides, and all necessary biotics in the concentrations that can be supported by the existing chemistry will tend to naturally be there. However, as these additives are harmless, one may give them a try without risk. Number six, cleanliness should be considered. Keep out runoff from surrounding landscape that may contain fertilizers. Keep your water clean and circulating. Remove silt or leaves. Keep a modest fish population during the startup phase of a new pond and feed them sparingly to reduce the nitrates that may be feeding your algae bloom. Keep your pond filter system clean. None of these solutions completely eliminate the progression of algae growth, nor should they, but rather keep the numbers so low that substantial water clarity is maintained while the algae progression proceeds. How do I get control? Now water treatment can give you absolute control over your water clarity. The object is to kill or remove planktonic algae in sufficient quantity to provide water clarity it would be impractical to completely sterilize pond water, nor would we want to. But if you can sterilize a continuous stream of pond water or scour it of planktonic algae, you can maintain an overall healthy living pond environment while keeping the water clear. So how do we do that? Currently, there are two practical methods for doing this. Ultraviolet lights and micron filtration. Now, ultraviolet, also known as UV, UV, These are lights that can be used on a pond that have become very common and popular in recent years. Water is circulated through the unit passing near ultraviolet light bulbs whose radiation kills microscopic organisms including algae cells. No chemical is added to the water and there is no residual effect. UV lights are commonly used in commercial aquaculture systems to help stop the spread of disease organisms. They are effective in water garden use also, both for disease and planktonic algae control. Be aware of a couple of considerations. The UV bulbs have to be replaced regularly, and they are not inexpensive. They will continue to show a light way past their germicidal usefulness, so pond owners may often overlook their proper maintenance. Another common mistake is to purchase underpowered units. Their effectiveness is a direct result of their power and their flow rate. A flow rate is often overlooked. If water is passed too quickly through the unit, the algae will not be killed but only suffer a a suntan. Proper flow rates to the UV light are required in order for them to be effective. UV lights are not filters. They don't filter anything out of the water. They are a water treatment device. And properly sized to your pond with a proper flow rate going through them, UV lights will provide you with control over your water clarity. Now, another element, another solution here, is potentially the best solution, is to circulate and filter the pond water through a system designed to remove the planktonic algae. Most commercially available mechanical filter systems for ponds are not intended to provide micron filtration. They cannot actually filter out single-celled algae. To do that, you have to get down to about 5 microns. The problem is that any filter that is fine enough to filter out down to that small size will become swamped by all the copious amounts of larger debris that is typically found in pond water. So a five micron filter will clog much too quickly. Sand filters, like those commonly employed for swimming pool filter systems, are much too coarse to take out algae cells. Cartridge filters, usually found on spas and swimming pools, only filter to 15 microns. Now, that means they produce very clean, but still green, water. A diatomaceous earth filter is the only kind of readily available filter component that will remove single-celled algae. Green water in, clear water out. But the big problem with this solution is that it clogs too quickly. The solution is to create a filter system with graduated stages of filtration so that debris is removed from the water progressively, from coarse to fine to micron. Such progressive filter systems do a thorough job upon filtration and provide absolute control over water clarity. In fact, as the filtration is so thorough, bypasses have to be installed so as to maintain desired circulation rates and to not filter all the water too finely. A combination of these approaches, UV lights and progressive filtration, represents the finest in a life support system for a water garden. I have installed and maintained hundreds of these systems in various sizes and configurations and find that they work exceptionally well. Using a combination of any or all of these approaches will bring about the day that you will have clear water and a healthy, vibrant water garden. Some of you listeners are simply pond parents, and that's great. Some of you are pond hobbyists, and some of you work in the pond industry. Well, I have a pet project I want your help on. We all know that pet hobbies that involve the raising and breeding of animals is good for children. It teaches responsibility, discipline, and encourages learning. It gets kids outside and connecting with other kids with similar interests. Now, I've heard from industry leaders that lament that the interest by our youth in pet hobbies is down. The future of the industry is in question because fewer and fewer children are engaging in pet hobbies. They are seduced away by today's electronic gadgets and video games. I know this is true in my own home. Getting my two boys to get off the games and go outside is a constant struggle. I hear that pet clubs and aquarium societies don't have as many young members as they used to. Indeed, their membership is only getting older, and some worry that, well, where are all the new younger members going to come from? Well, I have a great idea for a solution to this problem, but it represents a lot of work. And before I proceed, I want your opinion. I want to hear about your experience and concerns. Is this really a problem? Are fewer and fewer kids taking up pet hobbies? Do you think something needs to be done about it for the health of children and the future of the pet industry? If so, please let me hear your thoughts. Email me at ken at com. What about your koi and pawn club? How many children do you have as members? Do you want more youth involvement? I will do my best to relay your thoughts to the leadership of the pawn and pet industries and just maybe put my idea for a solution into action. But let me hear from you at ken at com about this important question. Now tell your friends and family about the new Prince of Pawns podcast. Invite them to tune in. And I would so much appreciate you leaving a review comment on iTunes and voting for the show. This is a brand new show, you know, so we could use the boost. You can reach me by email at ken at princeofpawns.com. Send me suggestions and questions. I would love to hear from you and I may answer your question on the show. Until next time, splash me. Let's Talk Pets.